Welcome, this is Jessica Ortner and our time together is dedicated to feeling good within all of life's complexities. We'll be going on a wandering path, exploring topics like spirituality, productivity, and personal fulfillment. Because happiness is not a destination, it's an adventure. So welcome to Adventures in Happiness. Hello and welcome to episode 29. Thank you for joining me once again. We have a great show in store. This episode is all about love. It's about finding love. But as many of us know, even when we find love, making sure that love stays fresh and beautiful and smooth and amazing takes work. So here we're talking about, uh, for those who are single, what you can do, and for those of you in a current relationship, how to reignite that current relationship to feel that passion. We have an amazing expert, Rachel D'Alto. She is a communications and relationship expert, coach, hypnotherapist, keynote speaker, media personality, and author. You might recognize her because she's all over the place. She's on Good Morning America and the Today Show, Access Hollywood, CNN, and she is on a brand new show, which you'll hear all about in a moment, which is like the coolest, weirdest experiment in relationships and how we work. And so she's going to go into that. Uh, it's it's a great conversation. I, I share about my own life because I am an overshare. I hope that it's helpful. <laughs> I don't want to overindulge by talking about my relationship. But the reason I bring it up is because when I was single and feeling really stuck, I turned to Rachel and she gave me some great tips that if you're single, you should use. And if you're not, you should share them with your single friends. So enjoy this show. Uh, two quick reminders. This episode is sponsored by The Tapping Solution, my day job, my day passion. If you are new to tapping, you have to check it out. Even if you're not new to it, you have to check it out because we always have great things on the website. That's thetappingsolution.com, thetappingsolution.com. Check it out. Also, if you love this podcast, share it spread it. It's free. Tell your friends, tell your family about it. It's an act of love. So spread that love. Enjoy the show. Rachel, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. I am excited for this interview because we will be covering tips for those in a relationship and those who are not in a relationship. And I have to start with the the show that you're on because it's so insane and I feel like it's gonna (laughs) end up being a good segue about learning how to find the right match uh can you tell us about Married at First Sight yeah it is a little insane uh in a good way though it's uh so essentially it is strangers that entrust myself and two colleagues uh who are also relationship experts and counselors coaches sociologists and we match them with their ideal match. No, no such thing as a perfect match. And then they literally get married at the altar, I having <laughs> no sight, uh, like sight unseen, no information about them beforehand. They don't even know their future uh, spouse's name. So it's it's crazy. It's crazy. And then we follow them uh, for six weeks to see how their relationship progresses or doesn't. So how does this usually work out? Because I 
I'm just learning about the show. I'm will be watching it, but I haven't seen any other episodes. I've just seen clips and it's incredibly entertaining. But what's like the what's is there a success rate here? So I obviously was not involved in the prior season. So I came in for season four and there are three prior seasons. In the first season, two out of the three couples uh, stayed together. And in the last two seasons, none of the couples made it. So it's it's interesting because I was a fan of the show before I was on it. And when I started it, I was really, I, I kind of studied the way that the couples had done things in the past and had my own kind of intuition and my own kind of path that I wanted to go in terms of who I selected or who I worked with my fellow experts to select and how I coached them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just an interesting, you know, but it's still a crapshoot in so many ways because people are so different and they make their own choices. Right. So, well, yeah, so... We'll see what happens, but it's a it's got a lot of heart, and I think that was the one thing that I've been doing all you know TV for a while, and and I've had other opportunities come up that just I couldn't do uh, because of my morals and ethics. <laughs> because they, <laughs> of those, yeah, oh, they always get in the way. <laughs> we do life would be so much fun if I had just gone to the island, um, but I didn't. And what I love about it at the end of the day, it's insane. I think these people take the craziest leap of faith. They put so much faith in us, um, but there's a lot of heart in it. So I'm really excited for you to see it and everybody else. Oh, I can't wait. So I, I really, <laughs> I can't wait on so many levels. You know, I I look back at my show like this podcast adventures and happiness and there's one episode I think it might have been like the third episode my brother asks me what I'm looking for like he in the beginning when I started the podcast we were doing some shows together until he bailed on me but he we were doing a show and he just put me on the spot and that day was the day that I met Lucas and then it's like 10, like fast forward 10 shows and I'm engaged. It's really, it, it must seem really crazy for someone who doesn't know me and who's just watching the show. But I did so much work before meeting Lucas and I actually worked with you. I had a consultation with you because I was like really struggling and I was single and I just kept repeating uh, this pattern and you made me do something that really stuck with me and it was the list of values. Mm-hmm. Can you... Tell us about that. Yeah, that's that's something that anybody I ever talked to, and, and actually even with the show, I made people list their values because here's the thing. We, especially when we're single, it, it's almost like we just rely on that butterfly feeling or the attraction or I'll just pop upon somebody I find physically attractive. But what is it at the end of the day that's going to keep us with somebody? And those are our values. And when we're 90 years old and we all fall apart and look like crap, you know, the values are what's going to keep us together. So I have people create a list of the values that they hold dear to themselves. And then I have them pick non-negotiables that they need in another person that kind of builds a foundation. So I I like to think of relationships as, as, you know, a house, but you got to have a good foundation to build anything on it. And that's where the values come in. I don't think a lot of people think about the values of a potential partner. They think about, hey, how's the sex going to be? <laughs> or right. am I going to have chemistry? You know, and, and all that's great, but that's not going to last forever. So what are some let's, examples, let's get a good foundation. What are some examples of values? 
Sure. So, I mean, and it, it could be really deep things. You know, a lot of people want um, spirituality and, and someone who's spiritual. They want people who are uh, kind and giving and generous or some people. And, and this has been a value of mine that I require in a partner as someone who is charismatic. I'm like, you need to, to stay with me <laughs> in that space. You know, don't make me pull you along. So um, honesty, integrity. The only thing I have to say is, you know, everybody... Uh, that I've ever met that has ever experienced an infidelity or of any sorts comes and they're like, well, I need someone loyal. And yes, you absolutely do. But um, I would always caution people to not create values based on pain. Mm. So past pains shouldn't be the reason you're creating it. It should be past love, you know, whether it's a love of uh, um, your family members or past relationships that you really saw this element was so necessary and so essential in this that I need that. Right. So it really spans the gamut. I wish that I had, I still had my list. I don't have it, but I, you did make me make it. And the really great thing about having the values is that when I was actively dating, you had, you had me circle the non-negotiables and even if I had butterflies and even if it seemed great, sticking with those non-negotiables made things so much easier uh, because I did want a committed relationship, you know, knowing what I really wanted. The one of the things that I argued with you about, I don't know if you remember this, but you made, you made it at this list and I wrote on the list that I really wanted somebody that had a career where <laughs> they didn't have to they weren't stuck in a schedule. So like they didn't have to do a nine to five. And that was important to me only because I live a lifestyle where I make my own schedule. So I imagined, well, if they don't have that, then I'm not going to have the same freedom to travel or decide where I want to live. And you were like, well, that doesn't really matter because when you're 90, it doesn't matter. You you figure it out. And I was like, no, no, this is a value because I want this to <laughs> I be my life. That. And you were like, no, but no, because those things can evolve. <laughs> and the irony is when I, I met Lucas, like he, we moved, we moved in together so quickly because he had to go somewhere else because of his job. And mm -hmm. we figured it out. And now we have moved to Connecticut and he works at home and he it's and it's it ended up being ideal but it wasn't the picture that I painted but I would I wouldn't change it but I just it's so funny that the one thing I argued with if I if you didn't if you didn't make it clear to me I think that I might have not given him so much of a chance I think I was being too hard on him about that about yeah, not having, I think a lot of people have that. They right. have this ideal of what they that they need something specific and and things like that. And yes, there are certain things that I would never want you to compromise on, but but things, you know, like wanting someone at your level of, uh, you know, freedom. You could find amazing people that don't meet that, you know, and and it could be something and I Another thing is looks, you know, everybody's always yeah. like, I want a guy who's six foot three or, well, guess what? 1% <laughs> of the male population is that tall. So people create these rules and then they miss out on amazing people. Mm. So when people are coming to you, whether it's on the TV show or privately and they're single and they're really struggling, where is the first place that you start? Is it with the values? Yeah, the first thing is I, I 
have to see what are they looking for and people need to know what they want. And I, I always use the analogy because I'm a Marshall shopper and sometimes I've used this analogy and people like kind of blank stare at me and I'm like, really, you don't <laughs> shop at Marshall's? You're missing out. Um, but also I have problems at Marshall's cause I go in there and I get so overwhelmed. So I use this analogy of a blue shirt at Marshall's when you go into Marshall's and you don't know what you're looking for. You're like, Oh my Lord, I can't handle this. There's stuff everywhere. It's not organized and you get overwhelmed and you, you end up with nothing or something you don't really want. But when you go into Marshall's and you're like, I need a blue shirt. All you see all of a sudden are all the blue shirts and it allows you to really focus in and to find what you're looking for. So it's the same thing in dating. When people actually know what they're looking for, it's easier to spot it. So always start with the values, always start with non-negotiables. And then of course, weeding through their physical preferences because everybody's got a list. And you know what? I can't tell you how many times people end up falling in love with someone who's not on their physical type list. So Right. So leave that off the list. Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, I, I want people to want to make out with the person that they meet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think there should be that make out test of like, do I want to kiss this person? I want you to want to have sex with your partner. You know, there's all these things. So yes, that should be there. But none of that matters if the other stuff isn't. Right. All right. So we're for those who are listening who are single, or this is great for those who aren't single but have single friends that they're that are constantly calling them asking for advice, um, <laughs> we we've all been there on both sides. If we we're going to Marshalls, right? We have the values list. We know that we want to get the blue shirt. But let's rewind a little bit. What would you say to someone who hasn't really done any of this work and they're like orange shirts just jump out at me? I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why, but I keep trying on. Like I keep wearing. It's a different shirt, but it's all orange. And yeah. S- and so they feel like they're they're dating the same person, but in a different shape. Why does yeah, that happen? And that's where I, where I get a little spiritual on this mm-hmm. side of things. And I know we're we're in that Bring world it. together. So <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I think we. We all have life lessons, and if you keep picking out an orange shirt and that orange shirt keeps breaking your heart, there's a reason, and you're going to need to figure out what that reason is and what your lesson is that you need to grow from, and I see this over and over again, and a lot of it's just part of our life path, you know, where you had some sort of past pain or past hurt, and you've just continually recycled it because you haven't learned the lesson yet, so... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I feel I have a lot of empathy for people who are in that cycle, but half of the battle is just recognizing it and being like, oh my gosh, I keep picking the same man over and over again. What's the similarities within these people? And what am I doing that's a disservice to myself that is not allowing me to break the cycle? Right. So, and a lot of that comes back to, you know, a lot of things that both of us talk about too is that self-love and, and understanding your worth and all of that kind of flows into a lot of times why people keep picking that orange shirt. Not to say that orange shirts are bad. I like orange too. Uh, but sometimes they're not healthy to wear repeatedly. Right. <laughs> repeatedly. Just in your early <laughs> 20s. Just kidding. Yeah. Early 20s. <laughs> yeah, some point that's got to go. Yeah. Yeah. You got to grow out of that. Um, so I want to talk about then the, the breaking, the, the quitting things. How important do you think stopping a pattern is to being open to something new? And I say this because obviously 
I can't help but just to be thinking about my own experience because we've worked together and I've seen the great work you've done and you've really helped me. I feel like a big part of my evolution was quitting the orange shirts, but I had to keep quitting them even if they were attacking me. Do you know what I mean? Like even if all I was seeing was orange, <laughs> I had to have faith that that it wasn't all, that, that I, all there was is an orange, even though that's all I could see at the time. So do you feel like when it comes to patterns or even past pain, I mean, what does letting go have to do with being able to put ourselves in a position to find what we're looking for? Everything, because I think everybody does have these soulmates, and and I do believe we have more than one. Thank God, because uh, I've passed through a couple already. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be limited here, but I do believe we have these soulmates. And when we're not willing to look at our stuff, when we're not willing to address why I keep doing this repeated cycle that is not benefiting me, then we're not allowing. It's almost like putting the fence up and and having the gate full on shut and padlocked. So it's important that we address those, those patterns and realize that you have a conscious way of breaking it. And that's that's kind of where people get tied up. They're like, well, I don't know how to stop this. Well, you, you do because you're choosing. You're making choices that are not benefiting you. You're making choices that lead you to more heartbreak. And even if you feel those butterflies, even if you feel that chemistry and you know that there is no foundation there and you're still seeing the same patterns of whether it's, you know, whether that orange shirt is noncommittal or emotionally unavailable or is a player or is, you know, just using you, you see those and you refuse to recognize them. But to break that pattern so that that next soulmate can come in and give you what you truly need to grow and evolve, you have to be able to look at it and say, you are not good enough for me. This mm. does not work for me. This is not okay for me because it doesn't make me feel good. And that's there's a lot of conscious stuff that, that plays into that. Um, and I do hypnosis too, so there's a lot of subconscious things that play into it too. But, um, you know, it, it all starts, I believe, with that conscious decision to be saying, you don't deserve me. Right. That That's not what I need. I think the problem is that a lot of people get in the position where they think, well, it's either the orange shirt, this poor orange shirt. I feel bad for I people know. who like, who you like know, orange. Syracuse, so I'm taking this really personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <We're> the- <laughs> but let's say someone is in the mindset of it's either an orange shirt or no shirt. And I, yeah. and I rather have an orange shirt than nothing. Yeah. Well, and then I would ask them, why is this better than nothing? What is wrong with your solitude that makes you so unhappy? And mm. what are you not fulfilling within yourself that that is not allowing you that peace in that place? If you can't be peaceful and happy and content with yourself, by yourself, you shouldn't be putting on any shirts. And people complain about that all the time. Why, why can't I allow someone to come in and complete me? And, and the, the fact of the matter is, is that when you have someone come in to complete you, then when they leave or this doesn't work out, you've lost a part of you. You know, we should, we, we need to get to the point where we can understand that we can complete ourselves. We can give ourselves all of those things that you want in a relationship to present yourself in the best possible place so that somebody who's also done that can meet you there. You know, it drives me crazy when I'm like, I want to find my other half. No, no. Why don't you find that within yourself? Right. <laughs> and then go find somebody else who's our soul whole and work that out together. So 
you know, there's that temptation to be like, that's what I might as well stay with this because there's nothing better. But there is Mm -hmm. when you actually love yourself and when you actually take care of yourself the way that the the blue shirt would take care of you. um, You don't need that that orange shirt anymore. Right. So let's talk about shopping for shirts. (laughs) (laughs) So I was getting my hair cut the other day and the woman who was cutting my hair was asking about me and I was telling her about how we I just moved and she'd actually cut Lucas's Lucas founder first so she kind of knew our story and she was telling me that she is single and I said oh well are you are you actively dating and she was like no I'm not I'd really like to meet anyone but the whole dating just seems completely overwhelming and I go on these dating sites and I just feel like it's a bunch of cre- they're a bunch of creeps and then I told her that I met Lucas on a dating site um, <laughs> you know people have a lot of opinions and about dating and uh, how active do we need to be when it comes to searching for a relationship and any tips on that process when it can feel really painful for people Sure. Here's the thing. It doesn't have to be a job. So I I don't like it when people start to say, God, this feels like a second job. It feels like work. Like I have to put in X, Y, Z hours here and there. The thing is, I want you to do it when it feels good, because when you feel good and you're enjoying the process, that's the energy that you're going to put out there. And that's what people are going to feel. The last thing you want is to be resentful of the process and then writing people back and be like, this sucks. Let's go meet for drinks. (laughs) You know, that's not... It's not attractive at all. So I say find the things that don't feel like work to you and don't make quotas. And, you know, there's sometimes when I work with clients where I would be like, you know what, you need to step it up a notch because they can't get out of their own way where they feel too shy or they don't want to message people because they're afraid of not what, what to say or what not to say. And I'm like, you have to message at least one person today. But it doesn't have to be I have to spend every waking hour trying to pursue this and I have to have three dates a week and all of that because that's so it's so inauthentic and I think it just takes the joy out of it. Um, I think there's a little bit of serendipity or a lot of serendipity to dating, even on dating sites. Absolutely. Um, I love, I love the apps. I think Bumble is awesome. I think Tinder used to be more awesome and now it's kind of like gone downhill because everybody and their mother's on it. Uh, (laughs) but it doesn't have to be so hard. And I think that's where people, I think, get frustrated because they're like, I should be doing this or I should be doing that. And you shouldn't be doing anything that doesn't feel good. Right, right. And, you know, my story is that uh, Lucas messaged me on Tinder. Uh, I ignored it for two months because I wasn't even using it. <laughs> and then he he didn't like Tinder because he's like, I don't even like this. No one even responds to me. So he deleted it. And it wasn't – he downloaded it a few months later. And I was the last person he messaged, and he messaged me again, and I still didn't respond. And then he messaged me a third time in Spanish, and it caught my attention. <laughs> uh, and I went on a date. So, so basically he stalks you until he marries you. <laughs> he, he, that's that's what he did. But the point is, too, is it doesn't mean it's any less romantic. Uh, yeah. And it was such a small – it's honestly such a small part of our story. It's not even how our relationship evolved. It's how we got our first drink together. Um, because I think some people think, like, well, if I use a dating website – it won't be a good story for the kids or it'll, it takes oh away God. some of the romance. Yeah. And I, I just, I call BS on that. Um, another thing that my, one of my friends did with her coworkers, which really inspired me was they did a challenge where they did one date a week. And mm-hmm. she said the biggest thing that she got out of it was to stop being so scared 
to realize that she yeah. could just go yeah. on a date. It didn't have to be a failure if if she didn't like the guy. It, it just gave her a more casual um, attitude around dating. Yeah, and and when it can be fun like that, and if that's you know everybody loves a good competition, but it, having that as an inspiration is great and something that pushes you out of your own way. And like I said, with, you know, I, I'm thinking of one client in particular who, if I didn't give him something to achieve, he would still be sitting without messaging anybody. Right. So yeah, pushing yourself past that. I mean, everybody's in this together and, and that's something too. When, when people started talking about Tinder being a hookup site, I, I honestly, Starbucks is a hookup site. Whole Foods <laughs> is a hookup site. Like they're all hookup sites. What do you think is happening out in the real world? It's this it's just a method. So, yes. I agree. Yeah, no more judgments. Just go out and enjoy yourself and do the things that feel good whether it's an app or site or meetups or, you know, just I don't know, doing shots down at a bar, whatever makes you happy. No okay. judgment. Whatever shirt you <laughs> like not, as long just as one it, shot. Right, right, exactly. Exactly. Um Talk, let's talk about magic for a little bit, yeah. Because I know you 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 talk about the importance of self reflection and doing the inner work and putting yourself out there, and then you also talk about the magic. So, what's that side of of things? Yeah, this is one thing we can't control: the timing of your love coming into your life. You cannot control it, however much you work for it. Yes, you can make yourself more likely to receive it and to be able to find people because at the end of the day, it can be a numbers game, but there's magic in this. And and there's definitely that more spiritual side of me that, that believes everything happens for a reason. It happens in the timeline that that it's meant to, not what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. So. I have I have people that, you know, have been single for a very long time and and thought that they would have met their partner by now. Um, and I have people who were single for a month before they met the person they eventually decided to marry. And, you know, even myself, you know, I can project on this all, all day long. It's, I had this kind of idealized version of even after I got divorced and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm not married again already. You know, it's been four years, five years. I don't even know. Something like that. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I had this idea in my head of like, you know, I had these great relationships and they should have led to something by now. And that's not the case. It's just not, it's not the path that is destined for us. And, and mm-hmm. there's some, there's some necessity to stay in a flow. And I know that's the hardest thing in the world when people have biological clocks ticking and they're lonely and they don't have everything that they think they need to have to be happy. And that's where it gets really frustrating. But it's not on your timeline. It's for your benefit, but it's not on your timeline. So the more that you can relinquish that, the better. Well, what's so unique about relationships is that it does involve two people. So when you're dealing with (laughs) anything else in your life, it's like you and your finances, it's kind of just you and your finances. Uh, When it comes to meeting someone, that person has their own spiritual journey. So maybe even if you feel like you're completely ready, it's just a, a matter of time as that person becomes ready. Yeah, yeah. And trusting in that and trusting in that process um, and knowing that, you know, sometimes you've done all the work. And that's, <laughs> I have people that are like, I've done everything. I've gone to every, you know, class and conference and gotten every certification there ever was known to man. And they're like, I still haven't met my partner. What work do I need to do? And it, sometimes the answer is nothing. It's just timing. And, 
and you can enjoy and you can have fun and you might, you know, don't do the orange shirt, but, you know, maybe pick up a red one for a little (laughs) while uh, just to have some fun. But your blue shirt is coming at some point and trusting in that. Right. I think it's important to remind ourselves, too, that being single isn't a disease that needs to be cured. Yeah, you know, because yeah, I think sometimes 100%. we can feel like that, like, oh, I'm single. There must be something wrong with me or people or people used to say to me, like, how could you be still be single? It's like this weird yeah. compliment. <laughs> like, well, slash this insulting. Growth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. I'm trying to get rid of this growth. <laughs> my neck (laughs) exactly so but I I think when we realize that too it's a good reminder so that we don't get into that that desperation or that feeling like you said that we need something to complete us yeah well and and the other thing is too is that the there's you could be in a relationship tonight if you really wanted to be in a relationship and didn't care about who it was or what how fulfilling it was or how you know, necessary it was for your well-being. You could be in one tonight. Anybody could be in a relationship and anybody can stay in a relationship. And a lot of those relationships out there have gone past their past due notice Mm -hmm. and they're not all beneficial. So when people complain about being single, I'm like, you don't understand on the other side of the fence, there's, there's a lot of issues there too. So You know, it's that be careful what you wish for, not to say that, you know, you can't have beautiful, loving relationships. You can, but sometimes you have to wait for those. And I think that's something that that people need to really understand is, um, you know, there's there is nothing wrong with being single. And, And if you are and you don't want to be, I get that. But enjoying it the best you can and and not going into that why me place um, is going to make you that much more attractive to the person that is going to show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. I want to now shift and talk about people who are in relationships, because like you just mentioned, even being in a relationship comes with its own challenges. When you work with couples and they feel like they need to they want to reignite, kind of nourish their relationship, get back to how it felt like in the beginning. What do you, what do you suggest? Where do you start? Well, I think we, we should never stop courting our partner and maybe that's a little old fashioned, but (laughs) I have a word to use, but you know, really dating them. And what happens so many times is we spend so much effort and we overthink how we can make them feel special in the beginning. And then once it's kind of locked in, we lose that effort. We lose that desire to, to make that effort. And complacency is really the killer of every relationship. So the biggest thing to reignite it is to to erase that complacency, to, to make the same efforts that you were making when you first started dating, whether it's doing thoughtful things or saying things that you know is going to make them feel happy. Something I use all the time in reference is uh, the five love languages. Gary Chapman's book is awesome. Um, and we all have different love languages. And sometimes we need to remind our partners that they need to speak our language, not one that they're only familiar with. So there's, there's definitely a lot of ways, but that would be the first thing I'd say is like, get back to square one, go back there, do the things you used to do, because that's what got you here, (laughs) you know, and if you want to stay here, that's probably the best route to go. Now, if we begin to do those things, but we still feel a craving for our partner to show up in a different way, 
how do we best have that conversation with them without it becoming a fight? Yeah. And communication is probably the toughest thing in relationships and what I see causing the most problems, but also creating the most magic between the partners. Um, Empathy is key when it comes to communication. So before you communicate anything that is sensitive or, you know, may lead to, you know, something that could escalate in terms of anger or sadness, you know, put yourself in their position and think about how you would want to receive that information and communicate in a way that empathizes with where they're at. And what I see is when people are able to empathize, when they're able to put them themselves in someone else's shoes and say, wow, you know, I really would hear this better if it was said like this, as opposed to a criticism or an argument, because that's what causes defensiveness to pop up. So empathy is everything to me in relationships. Right. So um, staying on one last question about just the current relationship. When we know we need to keep courting our partner, but then it's it's easy just to get caught up in our everyday routine. Is there a way to help us uh, be able to keep courting in a way where we remember to do it? You know what I mean? Like, so we don't get caught up in the daily things. Is there a way that we can remind ourselves that, okay, I need to put some energy into this relationship to just uh, put some spark back into this? Yeah, I love, um, I I actually want to design one of these and call it the couple calendar. And it's just a calendar for fun things to do as a couple. And every month there's something exciting and maybe you get more adventurous and you do something every other week or every week if you have enough free time. But have things that you love to do together, you know, whether it's a sporting type event or playing the sports or just something in the arts, anything. It really doesn't matter what it is as long as it's something that you guys enjoy together. Right. Um, also don't be afraid to use your phone. You know, everybody's attached to their phones more than, well, anybody should be, but set up reminders, you know, a reminder should, could pop up every week. Like, have you told your spouse how much you think they're hot? (laughs) Have you told them, you know, whatever it is that, that makes them happy, you know, reminding yourself, because we do, we get caught up, there's bills to pay and there's lawns to mow and kids to feed. God, those kids, they always want to be fed. So (laughs) (laughs) You really, really, anything that you can use just practically to put that thought back in your head um, can be beneficial. I recently read a quote that I love. It said, um, when was the last time you did something for the first time? Mm -hmm. And it it made me think, I mean, that's such a great idea to be like, well, yes, there's, we can get into a routine of doing things together and also there's something amazing about having a new adventure with somebody. Yeah. That's actually the excitement that happens when you fall in love with someone is it's that feeling of newness and you can create that over and over and over again. Right. I love that. If you had uh, one message right now for everyone on this planet who's single, who feels hopeless, what would that message be? Give people a chance. 
Mm. And I think that's, you know, that's something, and it definitely, it came up even more when I started doing the show because I see how people give up on people so quickly and they give up on the male species or the female species, you know, we're like, I quit because of X, Y, and Z happened, or I saw this one flaw in this person. So I, I decided to just scrap the whole thing. And, and there was a way I, I, often use, and sometimes I say it wrong, but I'll try right now to not, uh, (laughs) that there's no one that you couldn't love if you knew their story. Mm. And we need to get to know one another. So if you have any sort of connection, like even a little bit of a connection with someone, get to know them, get to know their story and don't give up so quickly. So, And, And one message, if you had one message for couples who feel like they're stuck in a rut. Don't catastrophize. And that's kind of similar in terms of the not giving up. But we tend to, especially in a relationship, when something triggers us that all of a sudden this hurts or this feels sad or whatever this negative emotion that comes out of it, all of a sudden we catastrophize and we throw the baby out with the bathwater, which is such a terrible saying. I need to stop using it. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> we just immediately were like, well, this, this isn't working, you know, and this is bad. And we start labeling it. And once you start labeling things, you are attaching an emotion, you're attaching an energy to it. And that's where things really go downhill. So the more that you could not catastrophize a situation, just see it for what it is. Like he screwed up or I screwed up or this happened or we disconnected. It's, it, it can be seen in a bubble as opposed to being the entire world. Right. Oh, that's great. So I have a few questions that I ask all new guests on the podcast. Uh, one of the first ones is if you could share something that happened in your life that seemed horrible at the time, but ended up becoming a big blessing? Oh, my God. Well, I don't know if it seemed horrible, but it was terrifying. Um, I actually got pregnant when I was 20 years old. And I was a go-getter. I found out when I was studying abroad in London. I had just come back from Oktoberfest. I'm like, how did this happen? It was my boyfriend from home. And I'm like, I don't even understand that this, how this works. I was so young. And um, I just remember thinking like my world is over and I need to go home and become a waitress for the rest of my life. And I had this idea of like how life should be from there. And um, it was one of those things that as as things progressed, it just shifted. And, and now I look at my son, he's 16 years old. And he has been the biggest blessing in my life. You know, he, he shaped everything about me. He humbled me in more ways than I could ever be humbled and just has kept me um, just desiring more. And it's just one of those things when I, when I see people in similar positions and they don't have that, that feeling in them um, that helps them to get past that, that stage of terror because mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a lot of terror. You know, I feel for them. Yeah. But, yeah. What is something that no one would know about you unless they went to middle school with you? So, like, middle school (laughs) Rachel. (laughs) Um, Middle school Rachel. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) My mom has pictures of this. I used to get perms every three to four months until I was in, like, sixth grade when I was like, mom, this has got to stop. And I'm talking. Wait, like, so your mom really... wanted you to have a perm? 
she wanted me to get perms and I don't know why um, <laughs> because it looked horrible. Like I looked like a poodle for the majority of my youth. Um, so that was just mean. And I'm really glad that I shared that so that my mom can now maybe find the pictures and share with everybody. <laughs> I would love me. I would love no, to see that. it's not happening. I would no, absolutely Listen, not. Ariana Huffington shared a picture of her curly hair as a kid, and it was it was massive. It's massive. So oh God. I'm like, literally, I see in my, my mind right now my fourth grade picture, and I had on this horrible dress, and this my hair, it, it looked like it was even frosted, too, which it wasn't, but it just, <laughs> it was terrible. I will send you a picture. Okay, can I please make- put it in the show notes? Come on. Oh, fine. Yes! Oh, <laughs> People, people who <laughs> don't listen to this show first and just like open the show notes are going to be like, what? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what do they talk about in this podcast? Oh, God. All right. <laughs> Bye. So I can still smell the perm. I can smell it. I can smell oh, the chemicals. Man. So bad. Scarred. <sighs> well, <hopefully> it didn't, <sighs> I don't think it did too much damage, luckily. What? I'm not well. sure. <laughs> <laughs> When anytime you have a moment, you'll just be like, I, I had a perm as a child over and over again. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it bl- could explain a lot. Blame it on the perm. <laughs> totally. Um, the last question. This is a really important, so I want you to think about this. If you could be any kind of animal, what would you be and why? <laughs> um I'm all about the bird because I like to go everywhere and I any sort of bird like I'm not even picky so if if, if someone can turn me into a bird like I wouldn't I wouldn't you know disagree with any type so I like to fly I I like to be able to get up and go so love it yeah wonderful I think it's an insight (laughs) people people might be wondering why does she ask every expert this I think you get an insight into someone's personality you're like, she wants to flee I at mean, all times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Commitment issues. No. <laughs> Working through them. You know, Plus, everybody's a work in progress. <laughs> I got to tell you, the, the, um, the bird and the dog are the two most popular ones. So are they? You're not oh, alone. Now I feel, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm unoriginal. Now I feel like I need a new animal. Well, and you didn't even do a specific bird, which is like. Yeah, like any bird. A, you're like any, any bird. Give me a vulture. I don't care. <laughs> Just let me fly. Well, they're, they're tough. They're tough cookies. I could do that. They, they are. Yeah, they are tough. I don't know what that says about your personality, but I'm not, I'm not going to read into that vulture comment too much. I'm sticking with a bird. You like to fly. I like it. I want to be a gorilla. I don't even know what that means. I just. What, what would you do as a gorilla? Because they're, well, they're very, they love family. And they're, they're, they're vegetarians, but they, and I'm not even a vegetarian, but I like the fact that they like eat all day and like graze (laughs) (laughs) and that they just like lie around and they hang out with family. That's, that's cool. You know, that reminds me now, I kind of want to be an elephant too, but it's okay. I'll stick with birds. A flying flying elephant. It's okay. Oh my God. It's perfect. Perfect. What was that? There's that. That story, there's a Dr. Seuss story that has a flying elephant. That's me. Well, there we go. We found it. It's not any kind of bird. It's a flying elephant. That's right. Uh, Rachel, where can, when does the show air? It's soon, right? July, yeah, July 26th it comes out. So it's going to be but where? very interesting. 
Oh, what? on um, FYI. FYI is the, the main channel it's on, and then A&E it also plays on. Awesome. And um, what's your website if people want to learn more about you and to stay connected? It is just racheldialto.com. Awesome. Rachel, this was so great. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. I loved it. Mm -hmm.